0: Stand with me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful Word of the Lord. Today we're looking again in the book of 2 Chronicles. seems like we're kind of stuck in the Old Testament the last few weeks, but that's all right. 2 Chronicles chapter number 24 this morning. 2 Chronicles chapter number 24. We'll begin reading with verse number 1. Second Chronicles chapter number 24. Again, reading with verse number 1. The Bible says that Joash was 7 years old when he became king. And he reigned 40 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Zibiah of Beersheba. Joash did what was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. Now look at verse number 15 this morning. But Jehoiada grew old. And was full of days. And he died. He was 130 years old when he died. And they buried him in the city of David among the kings. Because he had done good in Israel both toward God and his house. Now after the death of Jehoiada, the leaders of Judah came and bowed down to the king. And the king listened to them. Therefore they left the house of the Lord God of their fathers and served wooden images and idols. And wrath came upon Judah and Jerusalem because of their trespass. I think they have another translation on the screen, but listen or read either one. Verse 18, Therefore they left the house of the Lord God of their fathers and served wooden images and idols. And wrath came upon Judah and Jerusalem because of their trespass. Yet he sent prophets to them to bring them back to the Lord, and they testified against them, but they would not listen. Then the Spirit of God came upon Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada, the priest, who stood above the people and said to them, Thus says God, why do, you transgra- why do you transgress the commandments of the Lord so that you cannot prosper? Because you have forsaken the Lord, He also has forsaken you. So they conspired against him, and at the command of the king, they stoned him with stones in the court of the house of the Lord. Thus Joash the king did not remember the kindness which Jehoiada his father had done to him, but killed his son, and as he died, he said, The Lord look on it and repay. This morning I want to talk to you about the rise and fall of Joash. The rise and fall. Of we thank you for the word of the Lord that indeed happened to our feet. It is a light unto our path. God, I pray again today that your anointing will uh, empower and enable us today to deliver the word of God that you would have to be delivered this morning. Do a work in our hearts today by your word and by your Holy Spirit, we ask in the precious name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, Praise the Lord. You may be seated this morning. How many people do you know that started out well? They had so many things going for them. The odds was in their favor. And yet for whatever reason, they crashed and burned. Well, such was the case with Joash. He began well. When his mother was killing all of her sons in order to be able to keep the the throne, Joash was hidden in the temple for protection, And when his mother died, he was crowned king at age seven. And through his leadership, the people were led back to God. He did what was right in the sight of God. Baal worship was abolished for a while. Joash was doing well. He was headed in the right direction. Things were right for a while. I want to point out seven things that I see in this story of the rise and fall of this man named Joash. First of all, I want us to look at the positive. Notice the positive. Verse 2 through 14 tells us of a a host of positive things that, uh, that was happening directly or indirectly because of Joash. Verse 2 says that Joash did what was right in the sight of the Lord. Verse 5 says that he told the priest and and the Levites to gather money from the people and and to take the money and repair the house of the Lord that was in disrepair. And when they didn't do this fast enough to please him, he had a chest that was built and and he commanded the people to bring their offerings and to place them in this chest. And, And these offerings were used to repair the house of the Lord. Yes, there is much of the positive nature that takes place in the beginning of King Joash's reign. So many people start out well. So many do good for a while. Elvis Presley was raised in an Assemblies of God church. He had a good beginning. He had a foundation of faith to build on. Mickey Gilley, country singer, is Jimmy Swaggart's cousin. Raised in the same Pentecostal church that Jimmy Swaggart was raised in. Jimmy Swaggart says that his cousin Mickey Gilley was called into ministry just like he was. But Mickey Gilley chose the world and its ways instead. In 1945, there were three young evangelists that that arrived on the scene. Chuck Templeton, Braun, Clifford, and another man that you just might recognize his name, Billy Graham. In 1945, Templeton and Clifford were outdoing Billy Graham. Their crusades were much larger than Billy Graham. They were projected to be far more successful than Graham. There were news articles that were written about them that did not even include the name of Billy Graham. Well, we understand Billy Graham is a household name today. Everybody has heard of Billy Graham almost around the world. But what happened to Templeton and what happened to Clifford? In five years, by 1950, Chuck Templeton was out of the ministry. He, he had renounced his faith and had claimed to be an atheist. By 1954, Braun Clifford was also out of the ministry. He had lost his family. He had lost his health. He had lost his self-respect. He even eventually lost his life, dying an alcoholic with cirrhosis of the liver. All started out well. Oh, every one of them had incredible, unbelievable potential. But like so many that we know today, they crashed and burned. And such was the case with Joash. The second thing I see in this story is the priest. Verse 2, Joash did what was right in the sight of the Lord. But I want you to notice what the Bible says right after that. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. You see, much if not most of the credit for Joash's early ministry should go to Jehoiada the priest who was Joash's mentor. Oh, Joash had the crown. Yes, he did, but Jehoiada had the wisdom. Joash had the position. Yes, he did, but Jehoiada had the plan. Joash had the throne, but Jehoiada had the heart and had the character and had the respect of the people. Now, Joash might have indeed been very young and immature, but, but he was smart enough to know who to hang out with. He was smart enough to know who to call on for help, at least in the beginning. Friend, I cannot remind you too much just how very, very important it is for us to have good, godly, mature, wise mentors. Friend, it is so very, very important who we have around us and who we allow to speak into our lives. Because who we are and who we will eventually become will depend so much upon who we choose to listen to. You see, there are a host of voices that are out there. But not every voice is a voice to be heeded. So friend, take a close look at a person's life before you decide to listen to them. Oh, they may have an opinion, but, but as Dr. Phil likes to say, and just how is this working for you? <laughs> Friend, if a person cannot even run their own life, why in the world would we allow them to speak into ours? Jonah, the priest, helped to guide young uh, old Joash, to oh, help keep him on track. But the third thing that I see in this story is the parting. The parting, verse 15 and 16. But Jehoiada the priest grew old. He was full of days and he died. 130 years of age when he died. And they buried him in the city of David among the kings because he had done good in Israel both toward God and his house. The parting. Joash, Joash's mentor is dead. He's dead. He's highly honored. Oh, they bury him in the tombs of the kings because he is so revered and so honored and so loved. The people recognize the influence that he had had on Joash. Oh, and at least in the the early years of Joash's reign, Jehoiada was really the leader. And Joash just a figurehead now joash's mentor is dead his godly influence has parted what will become of, of this man what will become of joash what will become of his of his kingdom now that his mentor is dead oh friend listen to me this morning this is why we must have our own experience I said, this is why we must have our own experience. Oh, we cannot just rely on the experiences of others, friends. Oh, mom and dad's God must become our God. We must have our own experience with God. We must develop a personal relationship with the Lord. Oh, we've got to learn how to pray our own prayers. Oh, we've got to learn to study the Word of God for our own self. We've got to learn to develop our own You see, many do well as long as their godly influence is close by. Some do well as long as they're in master's commission. Many do well as long as they're in Bible school. Many do well as long as they're in the youth group, as long as they're in Chi Alpha or whatever that it might be, as long as they are in a controlled environment, uh, as long as they have much godly influence close by. But what happens when they find themselves in the real world? What happens when their godly influence dies or moves away? The answer to this, my friend, is it will depend on whether or not they develop their own relationship with God or whether they simply relied on the experience of others. Uh, If all you do is rely on mama's prayer or daddy's prayer, if all that you know is mama's God or daddy's God, that's not enough, my friend. We must make their God our God. We must have our own experience. We must have our own relationship. We must learn how to pray our own prayers and read the Word for ourselves and learn, amen, to lean on God ourselves. The fourth thing that I see in this story is the pressure. Oh, the pressure, verse 17 and 18, now after the death of Jehoiada, the leaders of Judah came and bowed down to the king and the king listened to them. Therefore they left the house of the Lord God of their fathers and they began to serve wooden images and idols. And wrath came upon Judah and Jerusalem because of their trespass. Listen, my friend, the softer that one voice gets, the louder all the other voices become. I said the softer that one voice gets, the louder the other voices become. Friend, when a, when a voice that has spoken to you in the past is now gone, there's always going to be another voice out there that will try and speak to you. Joash's mentor is dead. The voice that spoke to him loud and clear. The voice that kept him on track. Ah, the voice that was there for him in his ear day after day. Guiding him and leading him and directing him and helping him. Oh, now that voice has been silenced by death. And other voices other voices. Oh, voices that no doubt had been speaking all along. Those voices were out there as well, but those voices had been drowned out by the voice of his mentor, but now his mentor is dead, and now that voice that was so strong before now is gone away, and now all of the other voices that were already out there now become very loud and very strong in the ear. Of this king. You see because Joash. Didn't replace that voice. With a similar voice. Now all he hears is the wrong voice. And Joash heeds the sound. And the advice. Of the wrong voice. Hear me this morning friends. We will always be tempted to yield. To the pressure. Of the wrong voice. And let me tell you this morning that God usually speaks in a still, small voice. And the devil always shouts. Amen? Amen. Notice the fifth thing, the fifth thing that I find in the story, and that is the prophets. The prophets, verse number 19, God sent prophets to them uh, to bring them back to the Lord. And they testified against them, but they would not listen. God tried his best to keep Joash from listening to the wrong voice. He tried to keep Joash from making a horrible mistake. Oh, but Joash nor his advisors would heed God's message that was brought to them from the prophets. I ask you this morning, has anything changed? Has anything changed? God is still sending messages today. I said, God is still sending messages today. God is still trying to speak today. He's still trying to get a message through to His people. God is constantly warning us and trying to redirect our lives. He's trying to speak into our lives. He does this in many, many ways. First of all, He does it through His Scripture. He speaks through His Scripture. Oh, this is the primary way Oh, that God speaks to us today. This is why it is so vitally important, amen, that we open the book every day and we read something from the Word of God because this is the voice of God today. This is the way that God primarily speaks to His people through His Scripture. He also speaks through sermons. God will burn a message into the heart of his preacher or his teacher or his, or, or the man of God. And oh, friend, the man of God anointed by the Holy Spirit of God can speak very clearly and very precisely and very directly to us. And even though he's preaching a general message to a general audience, hey amen, through the through the man of God, through the through 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 the, the man of God delivering the word of God, God can speak very clearly and very directly into our heart and into our life. Quite often people ask me, Pastor, are you sure you don't have my house bugged? Pastor, Pastor, are you following me around? Because what you're saying, it sounds like sometimes that you're following me around and taking notes. I want to tell you this morning, I'm not following you around, but I want to tell you that I talk to somebody who is. Amen? I'm talking to somebody who is. Amen? God is still seeking to speak today. He's still speaking to send a message to His people. He does it through the Scripture. He does it through sermons. He does it through saints. Oh, God can use godly saints to speak into our lives. Whether they speak from their own maturity and their own experiences. Or whether they speak supernaturally through a gift of the Holy Spirit. Either way, the saints can speak wisdom into our lives. And God will often put people into our lives that can speak into our lives. Amen. And they can help us along our journey. Number four, He seeks to speak to us through situations. God sometimes, if not always, lines up situations and circumstances for the purpose of teaching and training and nurturing all the people of God. That's why it's so vitally important that we pay very close attention when we are going through something, asking God, God, what is it that you're trying to tell me? God, what is the message that you want me to get? God, what are you trying to tell me here? Because, friend, if we don't get the message the first time, probably have to go through it again and again until we get the message. Amen. Well, the sixth thing that I see in this story is the prophecy found in verse 20. The Spirit of God came upon Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada the priest, stood above the people and said to them, thus says God. Why do you transgress the commandments of the Lord so that you cannot prosper? Because you have forsaken the Lord, He also has forsaken you. Listen listen to this part of the prophecy again oh this morning Oh, not only today but as I was preparing this message uh, oh, and I was writing this down I believe this morning that this was not only a prophet for the, uh, a prophecy for the people of that day but I believe this morning that this is not just for them but I believe that this is a word for somebody that is in this building this morning this is a word for somebody that's listening today and here's the word and the word is why do you transgress the commandment of the Lord so that you cannot prosper you are here today my friend no doubt I know in my spirit you are here today and you constantly wonder why everybody else is prospering but you you have even began to get a little bit of bitterness in your spirit Why do I constantly have to struggle, you say to yourself? Why do everybody else seem to get by so much better than I do? Why do others seem, oh, the things seem to always fall into place for them and always seems to go well for them, but not for me. I constantly have to struggle. Why is everybody else prospering but me? I have a word for you today from the Lord. And the word is today, why do you transgress the commandment of the Lord? So that he cannot prosper you. Because my friend God... Wants to prosper you. And God wants good things for you. And God wants things to go well for you. Oh, God wants to do for you. And God wants to bless you. And God wants to provide for you. But you have blocked the blessing of God from your life by transgressing His commandments. You refuse to obey God's Word. You know some things in the Word of God. And you know what it says. But you refuse to obey the Word of God. You excuse yourself. That's for everybody else. That's not for me. Oh, I have extenuating circumstances, you say. You justify your actions that so clearly are against God's laws and against God's commands. Friend, you and you alone are the reason why God cannot prosper you. Repent of your disobedience. Start obeying the clear command of Scripture. And God will do for you what He is doing for other obedient children. So says the Lord. Number seven this morning, the price. The price that Joash and the people that followed him had to pay was twofold. First of all, prosperity was withdrawn. We already talked about that, verse 20. Because you transgress the commandments of the Lord, you cannot prosper. What God said, that's the price you're going to pay. For ignoring the prophecy, living in disobedience, going against the ways of God. Because you transgress the commandments of the Lord, you cannot prosper. You say, but pastor people are prospering everywhere that are so ungodly and so far away from the things of God and the ways of God. Everything's not always as it seems, my friend. What's on the outside is not necessarily what's going on on the inside. Proverbs 14 and 12 says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is the way of death. And friend, prosperity is not just measured in dollars and in cents. It's amazing a man will, will... choose his family and his health he will choose to lose them to get money and then he'll spend every dime that he has to try and get back his health and his family. Prosperity is more than dollars and cents. It's more than the clothes you wear and the car you drive where you eat out and where you live and what country clubs you're a part of. And the psalmist said in Psalm 49, verse 16 and 17, says, do not be afraid when one becomes rich and when the glory of his house is increased. Because when he dies, he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend after him. Talking about the price that Joash and his people had to pay. Number one, prosperity was withdrawn. Number two, protection was withdrawn. Verse 20, because you have forsaken the Lord, he has also forsaken you. Friend, God doesn't hang around where he's not wanted. Joash is killed by the hands of his own people. Verse 25, his own servants conspired against him because of the blood of the sons of Jehoiada the priest. They they killed him on his own bed. The very ones whose job it was to serve him and to protect him and to be there for him were the very ones that took his life. Oh, again, I I can't say it too loud. I can't say it too clear. I can't say it too many times. Friend, who we allow close to us, who we allow within our inner circle, who we choose to listen to, will either make us or they'll break us. We've been talking about the rise and the fall of Joash. He started out great. Oh, he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. Oh, he had a godly mentor that helped keep him on track. Oh, he raised the money and repaired the house of the Lord. He was on the right track. He was doing right. He was doing good. Until his mentor died. Until he lost his godly influence. Until... He listened to the wrong voice and he began to head south in a hurry. How about you, friend? How about you today? Oh, there are too many that start out right. Oh, they do well for a while. Oh, oh, it seems like they're going to do awesome and incredible. They're going in the right direction. They're doing right. They're doing well. Oh, but for whatever reason, they crash. Don't let it happen to you, friend. Don't let it happen to you. Don't let it happen to you. Don't let it happen to you. If the musicians and singers could get back in place this morning, Father, we thank you for this little word this morning that you've laid upon our heart today. The rise and fall of this man named Joash, so much going for him. Headed in the right direction. Doing well for a while. Oh God, we can think of some celebrities today. We can think of some powerful people today who at one time were on the right path. Who at one time were going in the right direction. Who had an incredible foundation. But today for whatever reason they've chosen other things. They've crashed and they've burned. Maybe they had a voice that was speaking to them, a mentor that as long as their mentor was alive, as long as that influence they had was right there with them they did well. But something happened the mentor died or moved. They had not have their own experience. And because they had not their own experience and no longer had the voice speaking into their ear, they crashed and they burned. Your heads are bowed this morning. Your eyes are closed today. In the presence of God, hallelujah. God, I just pray today that you'll speak to the heart of the people this morning. Father, speak into the heart of the people today. In the name of Jesus. Lord, do your work. Holy Spirit, do your work of conviction right now. Do your work of conviction. Do your work of conviction. Do your work of conviction right now. Conviction is settling upon this place today. The Holy Spirit of God is doing His work of conviction right now. Right now. your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, nobody, not one person is looking about this morning. I want you to raise your hand this morning if God is... The Holy Spirit is doing a work of conviction in your heart right now. He's convicting you right now. Thank you. God bless you. You can put your hand down. Thank you, sir. You can put your hand down. Thank you, ma'am. You can put your hand down this morning. How many others this morning? The Holy Spirit is doing his work of conviction in my life right now, Pastor. The Holy Spirit is shining a spotlight on some area. He's revealing something to me this morning. Friend, it's not enough that you be convicted today, but it's... So important that you heed that voice and you heed the Holy Spirit today and you repent today of that that you have been convicted of. And repent doesn't just mean I'm sorry and it doesn't mean I'm just sorry that I got caught. But but, but repentance also means, yes, I'm sorry for it. Yes, I have a godly sorrow over it. But I desire to be free from it. I desire to be free from it. With the Lord's help, I'm going to walk away from it this morning. With the Lord's help, I'm going to walk away from it today. I wonder if your heads are continued to be bowed and your eyes are continued to be closed this morning in the presence of God. You're here today and you're not 100% convinced of your salvation. You're not 100% sure that you're saved this morning. You want to be sure this morning. You want to be 100% sure today. If that's you this morning, I want you to raise your hand. I want to have a prayer with you. I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not going to single you out in any way, embarrass you in any way.